Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast with Devin Turak, Patrick Gleason, and Paul Sanders. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 34 of the Out of the Basement podcast. I am, as always, Devin Turak, and of course, I'm joined by pa- Patrick Gleason and Paul Sanders. I, bu- I was about to—I was going to try to say both your names kind of at the same time. It just did not work. It didn't work. Not work. Didn't work at all. All right. Uh, now, now that we've kind of done our little preamble, uh, kind of—it's been a while. Bullshit chatting. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, our week, our months, months now in the hobby because yes. you guys weren't around for that last podcast that I recorded when I was in Japan. I don't know. Yes, if it, well done, sir. Well done. I don't know if either of you have listened to it. It's one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded. That was an awesome trip, man. That's some. Yeah, fun. yeah, it, it was something else. Um, Geek Nation Tours, proud sponsor, not, not sponsor, but official uh, travel partner of the Out of the Basement podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, it was pretty awesome. If I had the money, I'd be, uh, I'd be taken in part of, uh, of some of their stuff. Yeah, next yeah. up is the, uh, the trip, once again, my annual pilgrimage to Adepticon in March this year. And it happens to coincide on my 40th birthday weekend, so it's going to be quite the party. We are definitely going to have to do a big uh, celebration for you then, sir. Oh, yeah, we'll do that when, when I get back. Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, uh, for, well, new stuff, I haven't been doing too much because I've been working and going to school and stuff. So, unfortunately, I've been watching a few Netflix here and there. Um, not too much. Uh, oh, crap, I lost what I was going to say, which is normal for me because, you know, <laughs> brain is old. Paul, why don't you talk about your star mate? <laughs> Well, there's actually two games I want to talk about. One is... uh, Yeah, cool. StarMate is just sort of... um, It's basically Minecraft in space, only a lot better. Um, uh, You can do more with the blocks, and they're not just straight squares. You've got all different kinds of shapes. Yeah, they're impressive. Except, you know, again, I, I still love the one ship that you sent us, which shows that a whole bunch of fighters, a whole bunch of stuff, and eight escape pods. Yeah... Yeah, it's like the Titanic. She's going like, down. Fuck the people on this. Signed up for it. Fuck you. Yeah, well, in the, in this game, any any kind of like turret or anything that you can, you have on your ship can turn into an escape pod. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because you you can detach it from the ship at any time that you want, and and if you put thrusters on it, you can fly away with them. So. Oh, okay. I mean, you're not limited to how many escape pods, because basically, yeah, there's eight escape pods, but there's also every other tur- every turret on there could be an escape pod too. Oh, okay. so, and so. the fighters and the, the Corvette that it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of neat because it also gives you there's like a, an an AI system that you mm-hmm. can you can put on the ships or in the turrets, which will actually auto target enemies and attack them for you. So now that that star eight as in manufactured, not someone who. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. They, I don't. They couldn't call it StarCraft for various reasons. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, um, they could have come up with something a little bit better. Well, than that, they they could have called it SpaceCraft. Yes, they yeah. probably could have called it that too. I suppose, but uh, it's still an alpha. I mean, right now it's it's. I think it's free actually right now. 
okay. Um, I, I paid $10 for it, which I thought was, you know, $10 for an alpha. Sure, I'm entitled to the full game when it comes out, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's it's actually pretty stable for, for an alpha, which is just kind of astounding, to be honest with you. There's a lot of things that are missing in it, a lot of things that they're going to improve yet, but it's very playable, and it's actually really enjoyable. I found myself... I found myself playing it, and then the next day while I'm working, thinking about things I'm going to build when I get home type thing. So, you know, it's kind of addictive after a while. You can lose, you, you can lose hours to it. But that one, that game is just tiding me over until Space Citizen, or Star Citizen comes out. What about Firefly? Are you waiting for Firefly? Um, eh, um, if you've looked up Star Citizen, Firefly's got nothing on this game. Yeah, Firefly is also an MMO, where Star Citizen is no, kind of like a space Star sim. It's an MMO now, too. It has first person wow. aspect, first person shooting, and everything, space, everything. It's got, it's, it's like, it's like all MMOs, first person shooters, and like space shooters all combined into one game. And it's. I don't know, that might be a little bit too much, would you say? It's certainly very ambitious, and yeah. what they've released so far, it, it looks pretty. Um, I don't know how functional it's going to be when it finally does come out. Well, it's still got two years to go. Yeah. It's been, it's been development for two years, and now it's got another two years before it's going to be fully oh, so released. It could end up being vaporware. It could end up being vaporware then. No, no, no. no. People have no, pumped no. a lot of money into it. It's they've, not going they've anywhere. Are, they've already got $60 million in the bank to, to build this game. It's it's done through crowdfunding, which is just... It started on, on a Kickstarter. Yep, I was in on that. He got $2 million, $2 million from the Kickstarter, and then he's like, screw you, Kickstarter, and he went to crowdfunding, and that's where he got the other $58 million. So this game is coming out. Um, they, If you look at their website, it's definitely coming out okay. with the amount of stuff that they're putting into this game. And uh, I, I just cannot wait for it to show up. Just the, the ships and everything that they've, they've put out is just ridiculous. I yep. actually spent $125 and bought a 10-inch model that is in the mail. <laughs> it's, it's on its way here. But like like just, a physical model? A physical model, yeah. Wow. You, you can buy it on their store. And I just, I'm so obsessed with this game. I actually have a, I'm already subscribed. I pay $20 a month subscription. After 12 months, I get, my character's name gets put into the, as an NPC in the game somewhere. That Wait, is, is, is that once it starts or already you started paying? A I'm already paying. For it, I'm, so I, I'm still. I'm you're still, paying I'm, for a game that doesn't exist yet, and won't come out for no, two it, years. It does. It does it exist. Two years. Yeah, but it's twenty dollars a month, so it's like no, no, it's hundred dollars. You're, you're twenty paying twenty dollars a month for a game that doesn't exist yet, and is not going to come out for two more years. That's right. I'm okay. help, I'm helping to cre I'm helping to create this game by by adding adding to the funding for it. Okay. Oh, I'm just, just making sure, like, we, we, we're getting to the point that you are paying $20 a month for something that doesn't exist. Well, there's, there's aspects of it that exist. Yeah, true. Oh, okay. You can, you okay, can, okay. You can do the... So, they have, they have dogfighting stuff, so you can buy the ships and you can fly the ships and dogfight. So, there, I mean, there's things to it. I'm a long market. I need to start selling stuff that doesn't <laughs> exist to get people to pay me money for stuff that's not there yet. Correct. But that's the only way to actually make any real money. Is to be paid for things that don't and potentially will never exist. Some might call it fraud if it doesn't come out. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I, I have, like I said, the, they're putting so much energy into it. I mean, this is the guy, the guy that that's starting this this game. 
He's the guy that did all of the uh, Wing Commanders. Wing Commander. Yeah. So I mean, that, I don't know. I saw Wing Commander three. I don't know if that's a big sell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Listen. You, I mean, you gotta you gotta look at you gotta look at the the website and and take a look at all the stuff. I, I am looking at the ships and all that. Yes, no, it, look, it does look pretty cool. I'm just bugging you, Paul, for the. You know, oh, like, I know, I know, I know you are because yeah, I know you are. But That's I, yes, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, it's just the the amount There's of effort, the amount of effort that they've put into this game. I do not see it not coming out. Yeah, there, there's no there's no. It's not. It's of, of course, it's definitely going to come out. There's, there's no doubt that it's going to come out, and it's going to be beautiful when it does. But just the fact that you're paying a subscription for a game that doesn't exist yet, I, that's the part that I find. Well, odd. I'm paying a subscription for the perks that I get, basically. What per, you perks you will be getting? Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm making my mark on the game. Right. You're, 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 you're yeah. You're pre-ordering in small chunks, basically. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, that makes more sense. The fact that you get to have an NPC named, at, you know, for one of your characters is pretty cool. Yeah. And they give, I mean, they give you a lot of other stuff, too. I mean, if you look at the pledge packages, which, you know, you buy a ship and you get you get a whole yeah. bunch of extras with it, depending on how much you're willing to spend. And, I mean, it's not cheap. Don't get me wrong. Nope. None, of this, none of this stuff on this thing is cheap. Like, no, I, I mean, your, your basic, most, like, low-level ship is, like, $30 you $30 US and I mean there's I know some people um, if you look at the pledge sheets there's $15,000 one and if you pay that you get to sit with the builders for a day and all this stuff I know one guy um, for $1,500 I don't want to sit with $15,000 I know I yeah but just listen I know one guy who um, I know him through uh, um the 25th AREG, which they, they mostly do first-person shooters. But I know one guy through that who actually bought two of those packages. So oh he paid $30,000. What the fuck? That's, don't, ask, don't ask me. Some people are really invested in, in this game coming out. That, that's the price and, of a new car. Yeah, I know. But I think, to be honest with you, he's he's like a, he's a professional gamer. More money than and he's And he does, he does professional gaming, so he's probably... It might have actually been a business deal. Oh, I see. To do it because he might oh, also he might also do YouTube and stuff and and, and uh, streaming, yeah. which will make a lot people make a lot of money doing that. So that okay, no, it okay, might okay, all be a business thing for him. It's like an investment for him. It's not a just yeah. giving money away. He's actually probably investing yeah. in it. So, um, but yeah, I was you know I was shocked. I'm like, who would ever in their right mind buy a fifteen thousand dollar pledge? And then to find out this guy not only bought one but he bought two of them. I was like, are you kidding yeah. me? It still floors me because, like, I'm I'm humming and hawing about spending three hundred dollars on on a couple, on on a ship in this game, but yeah, I still bought that that model for one hundred twenty five bucks. But it looks yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. And Paul, that's why you're not going to Adepticon. Yeah, well, that and I don't have a I don't have a. a passport. I mean, it is well, like you a have six months. Passport. Passport's easy to get in the next six months. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get my passport next month. So, but so so Paul, you you wouldn't be interested in Firefly, which is coming out sooner than this game. Uh, I haven't really done a lot. I haven't really been following Firefly. Um, I mean, I saw it when it was a while back, but like I said, I have not been following it at all. And I probably should go take a look at it. Um, at least as a distraction from this game. Yeah. <laughs> 
which isn't coming out for two years. <laughs> yeah. So is it Firefly Online? Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, yeah keepflying.com. Keepflying.com. Uh, I'm but sure if you typed in Firefly Online, it would take you to the same place. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, <clears throat> yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, it's going to come out. Ooh, it's going to uh, be for the Mac. Fox Digital Entertainment. Oh, is it? Well, at least it's not Sony. Yeah. It would be, uh, it'd be worse. It's it 20th Century Fox Film Corporation. That's fine. Which... That's, uh, that's, that's fine. They did Star Wars, dude. Uh, yeah, I know, but on the bottom of that. Uh, they killed the, the show. Bottom, <laughs> no, no, at the bottom I, it says, uh, if you read it, Paul, it says Firefly is a 20th century corporation. Film cor it's owned by them. It's Firefly TM. They have the rights to it. Okay. Doesn't mean they're doing it. It just means they have the rights to the name. All it's right. trademarked. Okay. We'll that's that's all it is. It's, it's trademarked by them. Well, I'll probably try Firefly and see how it goes. I don't know. Did, did they do they list a release date? Hmm? Do they have a release date? Well, I'm trying to find it there. Not that I can see. No. This will look half bad, but I don't know. Well, speaking of games in their alpha, I started playing that uh, that uh, Mordheim game that I would linked recently and again just a couple days ago on our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, it's it went on a a alpha build early access uh, on Steam at a bit of a discount. Like it's only twenty percent off the actual price, so it's still thirty five dollars, I think. And it currently only has like say two playable races, one's a Skaven, one's humans, and there's only one scenario that you can play in, it's just a general skirmish, but it kind of gets used to the game. They've got four um, uh, uh, tutorial missions that you can run through as well, which will slowly build up knowledge about the different moves and actions that you can do in the game, which is kind of cool. And in the long run, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, but right now, it's very, very alpha. So if you're if you're not looking if you're looking for a game that's polished, this is not it. I mean, oh, okay. there, there there are issues where certain when things are moving, the camera angles get all fucked, and you're like the camera's behind a building, you don't see anything. Um, there's issues. Well, there's issues without for with no content at all right now. You can't even manage the makeup of your team yet. But eventually, oh, you really? will get you'll get it'll get to a phase where you get to modify your team you get to build it up from scratch if you want you create a war band basically this this ta all takes place in the um in the warhammer fantasy universe and there's a city called mordheim it's called the city of death uh a meteor or actually a, sorry a twin-tailed comet crashed into the city and spilt radiation everywhere so things are getting mutated and these roving gangs of marauders basically run around this town picking up items and supplies and selling them and training them in for, you know, goods and services or whatever. So there's there's like a whole economy based around the, the this meteor crack that crashed. And but because of the, the mutating force of the of the impact, uh, it's very dangerous to go in there, so there's like there's no law, there's it's total anarchy. Anyway, so this is actually a game that that GW had put out many, many years ago. It's a small 
tactical skirmish game. So you put together your warband of individuals. They all have characteristics. Um, there's a um, XP system so that as you as you went and did these skirmishes, your surviving members would get better. And if any of them died, then there was like permanent effects that that could happen. So so if they if they if they were defeated in combat, they weren't necessarily dead. When you're done the um, the skirmish that you played, you then do like an out of game um, resolution as to see did did the experience make them better? Did the wounds they picked up give them permanent injuries? That sort of thing. Did they die from from the injuries that they suffered? So all of these things could take place out of the game. It's kind of the same as with okay. Blood Bowl. So when you're playing Blood Bowl, depending on how well you did in in, in the game, when you're done the game, there's like a whole resolution phase where you see if your guys get better via the experience they picked up. You see if the guys that were injured have permanent injuries or if they recover, how long it takes, that sort of thing. So it's very similar in the out-of-game um, mechanics that they have. So all that's going to be included in the game eventually, but right now it's not there yet. It's still... It's right. It's it's early access. It's it's very very early access. I mean, this, but it is growing. Uh, yeah, they they say like the next release will at least have some management of your team. The next release or a couple of releases after that, so coming over the next maybe two or three months, we'll probably get to a, a part where there are several different races you can choose from at the very least. There are you could put together your own war team. There'll be a couple more scenarios, so you're not just finding the same skirmish over and over again. Okay. Yeah, it, it it looks interesting, and if you like turn-based games, this is this might be something yeah. that's interesting for you. I was gonna say because I mean, I, I, I remember Blood Bowl. That was a good game. Blood Bowl is a very very good game, also turn-based, um, and yeah. it's a lot easier I find to play on the computer than it is to play on the tabletop, just because yes. you, you don't necessarily. Or I definitely don't know all the rules to it, but the game takes care of all that for you in the background. Well, and this brings up why I like the Adventure Seat Games Workshop do Warhammer Forty K as a computer thing because it'd be much easier you don't have to know all the rules the, the computer would take care of it but also creating armies would be a lot easier and a lot cheaper because they're all digital and a lot cheaper <laughs> well like if, said, if you charge a subscription per month and you can say okay if you pay so much per month you get X amount of armies or X amount of points to build armies with right I'd be willing to pay a subscription because yes, over time I'd probably spend the same amount of money, but it's not the initial outlay that like okay I need hundreds of dollars to start one basic army. Yeah, so one of the podcasts. Go ahead. I was gonna say not including the books you have to buy to get the rules. Right. Uh, one of the podcasts I listened to did like a uh, a breakup of how much money you would need to get into the game if you were a brand new user, a brand new player who had never played before. And they're looking at something like including all the paints and the materials and the like, the cutting, the sprues, whatever. And everything you need to get your army ready to play on the tabletop, if you're going to paint it first before you play it, somewhere around $1,000. Which yes. is a huge, a huge price point when you're talking about getting into a game. I mean, obviously you can get pre-built armies that people are selling on, on eBay. Um, I know... Still Right, it's still going to be very expensive. Apparently, uh, Dave Taylor, he's uh, one of the more famous 40K uh, professional painters out there. Yeah. He had some car issues that now he needs to raise a lot of money for, so he's selling all of his professionally painted armies on his website, which I found out about from the Screaming Heretics podcast I listened to yesterday. <laughs> cool, 
that's impressive. But it, again, it's again, it just shows you the outlay. I mean, yes, I mean, the figurines painted can be really nice. I mean, I've seen some really impressive work by people. Absolutely. And, yeah, Not me, you know, but it, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is great. I mean, the, it just also not just the money, but the investment in time and stuff to do the painting and all that sort of stuff. Definitely. Is, is insane. Because, like, the codex, the codexes are what, 80 bucks a pop? Uh, no, they're 45 49 $50 US, probably about 60 65 Canadian. Yeah. It's not 80 but it's still, it's very expensive. And also, what sort of army is that? Is that for like a one thousand point, two thousand point army, or no? It's the the codex is the codex. It has all the information I you need. I for the one thousand. You said to have the army. Oh no, that would be a, that would be a proper two thousand point army. Okay. But again, it, yeah, it's so going to depend on what what faction you choose because some factions, and depending on what what style you want to play, like so, if you want to go um, a lot of large lumbering creatures or night titans. That, then it's going to be or, a bit more expensive. Or, or, or vehicles. Or, or something yeah, like or that. vehicle heavy. Yeah, it's going to be very expensive. Well, look at our, our friend Phil. I'm sure he spent thousands of dollars. Yeah, but he a lot of a lot of the stuff that he bought was bought from people who were selling their used stuff. So a lot of it yeah. comes pre-painted, and he got like maybe sixty to seventy percent discounts on what the actual actually would have cost. Like I said, I think this is where Games Workshop, uh, I, they could get expand their their base by if they developed a game where you can play it online. Right. Because then, like I said, you pay a subscription per month. You can change your, your faction if you want to, you know, and you get X amount of points per X amount of dollars to build an army with. They don't have to worry about the painting yourself. I mean, there would still be the hardcore guys that would still want to do it. And I understand. That, I mean, it's, it's awesome that they want to do the painting, but for the average guy who doesn't want to spend $1,000 to build an army, one army for one faction, it's like, okay, I'll pay $30 a month to be able to go and play whenever I want to. Right. And it would be much easier to find people to play with if you're playing over the Internet, too. Like exactly. You, you're yeah, not so worried about like, oh, getting you know, together. This time and this time. And, right. You know, and also, hopefully, maybe then if they set up with a server, can actually hold your game. Right, if you're only playing one other person that's turn based, right, you might be able to save it, right? You know, because well, if you're doing a 2,000 point army per another 2,000 point, you're looking at, at least six hours of game time on tabletop. Uh, no, six hours is way, way less than what you would, or way more than you would actually need. It's okay. uh, a 2,000 point um, battle usually takes around three hours. Okay. So mo most of the conventions, um, they usually run like a 1750 army, or yep. 1500, 1650, 1750, sometimes even up to 1850. And those are, the time limits are usually three hours, but most people have done like two, two and a half. But again, these are people who know the rules, who don't have to constantly well, stop to look stuff up. Whereas you'd be able to, if you didn't have to learn all the rules, all the, all the minutia for each, you know, thing... Online, you get you, like I said, you expand their base because then it's like, oh, I don't have to study the rules to know every last detail. I can just let the computer like, okay, this is what I want to try and do. This is what I want to use with my guys. Go. And who knows? They might actually be able to get eventually up to the point where they can move and shoot at the same time. Well, see, now you're talking about changing rules. <laughs> this, is, this is a turn-based game. Like, thing where the guys like walk. No, look, I can I can walk and shoot. Why? How hard is it to walk and shoot? Why can't my Marines walk and shoot? 
Well, because it's turn-based, Pat, that I, means I, I that you're you're do, even though you get to where you're going and then you do your shooting, all that stuff is happening simultaneously theoretically. Well, I know, I know. It's just, it was just you've seen that YouTube thing, right? Though. Sure. It, it was it was funny because it's like, why can't my guys shoot as they're walking? What what the hell? Like, <laughs> they're soldiers. I'm a coob. I can do it. But I understand. Like I said, it's, that's my thing with. The, I think Games Workshop could make more money doing that sort of thing. But yes, there's a lot of investment to bring them to an online game. Right. There's that too. Start. You need to put up a lot of money up front to get it ready to that stage. I mean, it well, looks like they're trying, or they're at least doing that with the with the specialty games they used to have on tabletop. All of those yeah. seem to now be going to a digital format. So first it was Space Hulk, and Space Hulk has always been like a fan favorite. Now, yeah. and, and Space Hulk as well, um, is very detailed, like, it's very, um, it's, it's very, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. The, the rules that were on the tabletop seem to have been recreated for the most part for the video game as well. So it's, okay. it's, it's loyal to its so, history. But again, they have time, like, like Paul's game is like, is the one he's talking about, the Starcraft one, the Starmade. Uh, no, sorry, not Starmade, the other one? Star Citizen. Star Citizen. Two years, so Games Workshop already has money, and I'm sure fans would be willing to kick in to have, you know, like certain armies or or parts named after them. Right. Know? Like you could be a general in there for X amount of money in investment. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people would be willing to do that. Yeah, I'm sure it's just something they've never even thought about. Yeah. Back when they were looking for a CEO and anyone could put in an application, you, Pat, should have put in your application, I and then right. you should, could have I been should. making this in the, these these decisions for them. Leading into the future. <laughs> um, does anyone else have any other um, stuff they want to talk about? I have a couple more things that I do want to talk about. I have a weird one, but um, okay, go ahead. Like this is. Well, no, but it's not news. It's just not upcoming stuff. This is more like a random sort of thought that. So the kind of thing that will go at the end once we're done everything else. Yeah. Okay, yes. why, don't, why don't we leave it for that then? Just keep, keep it in the back of your mind. So uh, there's there's two things that I do want to talk about. One, the new expansion for World of Warcraft came out. Yes. I picked it up. I started level playing 100. it. What's that? Up to level one hundred. Up to level one hundred, and I did get my my warrior up to one hundred. Um, it took me I think three days, but only because I wasn't really rushing through it. I was just taking my time and enjoying kind of the the sites and I also have a couple more guys like one more guy who's at level 90 so I, I, I st- slowly started bringing him into Outland and then I have another guy that's really really close so I was kind of getting him ready for going into Outland and then a couple more low level guys that I haven't really actually a lot of low level guys that I haven't really dealt with so what's what's the new thing okay so the new, the, the new expansion is about going back to the origins of the orcs. So there was a time when the orcs were under severe threat and they fell to the dark side, quote-unquote, and joined up with demons and allowed demons to infect them and that's how they gained power. So in, in a time of desperation, they turned to the forces of darkness and let demons into their souls to corrupt them and turn them into these hulking brutes that they are in the regular Outland. Uh, so the, right. fir- the first expansion that came out, Burning Crusade. This is going back. It's, al- it's almost like a splinter. So 
alternate timeline, what if they managed to avoid that and went on their own path to become mighty warriors without the demonic influence? So now you get sent back, and, and you're dealing with all the, the characters that you played with in the original War, um, Warcraft game. So people like Thrall, people like uh, um, Hellscream, whatever his first name is. So the, the named people that, that you met throughout the playing the game, the, these are the people who have become the new warlords of Draenor. And that's what, it, that's what the expansion is called, the Warlords of Draenor. And you're basically okay. going there as green-skin orcs fighting against brown-skin orcs. And That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it actually, remember how you were saying, oh, where did these new people come up with that, that we never heard of before? Well, the, that was the interesting yeah. twist on the background to kind of split it off from what we currently have in Outland. And you're kind of visiting the same places that you visited in Outland, but everything looks completely different. What was it different? Like everything, okay. every every zone is different. Um, there's the, the entire island itself, or the, the entire um, continent, doesn't look physically the same as it did in Outland. So there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences at the same time. It's really neat. Okay, so they did a, a lot of work on this. Oh, they did a lot of work on this, yeah, absolutely. And they also introduced a new mechanic. So because it's the Warlords and you're fighting against guys who are in charge of armies, you now become a, a faction leader, basically, and you get to raise your own army. So as you're questing throughout the, the lands... You're meeting these people, you're, you're helping them out to accomplish whatever tasks they have through their quest lines, and at the end of it, they become your followers. And you get to set up a base of operations, and you get to build your base of operations how you want. So it starts off with this, this small garrison where you're just making your, um, your uh, uh, beachhead onto the, this new continent. And from there, as you gain more resources, you actually get to put in buildings that will help you throughout the rest of your travels. And then once you've reached a certain part in the quest line, your garrison grows into a fort. And then when you get to level 100, you start doing all the, the end game quote-unquote stuff. Then you get to expand your right. fortress once again into like a proper fortress. And then you get to put down even more buildings, so they open up more plots. So it's a very, very neat system.
with my friend Tara of the podcast fame and a couple and of yes, her friends. Wait, Tara's actually come into a session? She's come to two sessions now in a row. She hasn't missed a single Whoa. one. <laughs> She's doing better than me. Uh, right. Paul was supposed to be involved in this. Hasn't come yet. <laughs> I think I'm sitting down because Tara coming to two in a row. I was like, whoa. I know. Well, she's, um, she's well, there's there's five current players. Uh, and there's a, at least one more who potentially will come in the new year, depending on how things go with his job. He actually... I wasn't invited to this. No, because you're never around. And you would have to actually travel all the way to the East End to come to my house. And you'd have to sit in your cats. Yeah, without a car, it's not... No, without a car, it's not fun to get to your place. Well, it's actually really easy. It's just very long. Because there's, there's a yeah. bus that drops you off, like, less than a block away from my house. But the problem is the bus runs like once every 15, 20 minutes. And if you miss it, yeah. I, you see, I, I was all for this before I got employed again. Okay. And But you, you guys, you guys, what, you do this really late into the evening? Yeah, un- unfortunately, because one of, the guys, one of the guys works during the day all day on the weekends. He's, uh, he works retail. So he's working until a uh, minimum of 6 p.m. Till, uh, every, every weekday. So we end up starting around seven and going till midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Sometimes we usually don't See, go past that, midnight. That's the problem. I can't. I can't do that right now with my, you know, going to work at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, but do you work yeah, weekends? What do you work on Sundays? No, well, it doesn't matter. It just it, staying up that late literally will fuck up my sleep. Oh, pattern. okay, I understand. That's yeah, well, that's that's why I. I mean, like, I know we we didn't really talk about it, but. You know, I'd be totally down for Skyping in. It's just that I can't get out to, to drive across town and then get home at, like, 2, two o'clock, 2.30. No, not, it wouldn't be safe. It'd be, you'd be driving really, really you know? tired. Yeah, true. You do live an hour away from me, which is kind of a pain in the ass. But, so, yeah, yeah or you could Skype call in if you wanted to. Yeah, it's not, that's not going to happen. Oh, nice diss there. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not. It's not really a diss. It's just... It is a diss. It's a diss. Paul's not worth it. He's not. It's true. Skyping it to play. It's nope. not the same as being there. I mean, I you know, it's it's an option. I don't really know how Bruce does it, but he does. well, he doesn't have a and choice because he lives in in England. Well, I know that. <laughs> I, I know, but it's just I find it just to be so hard to to do because I mean, doing this kind of thing involves you know you kind of got to be there. It I, it, I, it really does. It. Yeah, it may, it makes it far more difficult if you're not. They're interacting with the players directly. Yeah, well, and, it, and it, it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't help me because I don't have any of the material in front of me, you know. Oh, it, it's it's, it's it all available to, online digitally. Well, I know that, but then it, I, it, it then it comes. I was gonna say, as a as a person who's running it with Paul, uh, sorry, with Bruce not being there, I do find it is hard because when you have a social group that's talking through and you're trying to get one guy involved it's hard sometimes to either a hear him right or or you know trying to get the you know and then it's also bad because then you're trying to get him involved so you, you you focus on him as opposed to the rest of the group because he's not there being able to intermingle right away right yeah. right so you you have to sort of like okay the rest of the group you know i'm not going to listen to you be a little bit quiet so i can hear the guy on skype but, I mean, yes, because he's in England, we're doing it for him because he's been involved from the beginning with this the game. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do agree, Paul. It, it, it's hard to do because when everyone else is there, it's it's a social thing, so it doesn't matter if 
everyone's talking sort of at the same time, or you know what I mean? Because it's it's you're a group. Yeah, and when you're through Skype, and it's hard because then you cannot. Well, and that that it's easy to get distracted. You know, you, you're sitting here, and you know you're trying to listen to what's going on, but then you just four at the same time, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> But then, and then you just sort of like, you're like, well, you're sitting in front of your computer and you're like, well, maybe I could do something else and just kind of do that at the same time. And then you're sitting there going saying, what, what, what happened? And you, know, you, you, you get asked a question and, and I've seen that happen with Bruce. You've asked him a question. He's like, what? You know, he doesn't, he hasn't been yeah. following. Well, because exactly. You know? And, well, and it's, it's easy to get distracted. You're right. Because you're not sitting with the people at the time. It's like, you know, it's voices on the computer it's like okay i'll just you know do something else i'll surf i'll do other stuff like oh wait my name was said look crap what happened yeah i mean it's yeah. worth it but worth, it's worth a try I, I, I suppose it would be different if um you know you had a webcam where you could see everything that's going on oh we do all, all, every computer has a webcam yeah i know it's, but but it's it's you know when it's just like sort of like the phone is up and it's a crummy you know it's crummy quality and you know yeah. you only see like three people and then you see like an empty room and <laughs> you know it's well, like cause, yeah because not everyone's sitting in the round area so the camera's only picking up a couple here and there yeah it, but uh, i was gonna say Dev, it's good thing your star trek's going because i know that was looked interesting the game yeah i'm using the um uh the last unicorn games uh, the system, yeah. so it's somewhat similar. I mean, okay, it actually isn't has nothing to do with the West End Games D6, but it's it, it's similar in that it uses D6s. It's similar in that you roll multiple dice, but instead of adding them together, you just take the highest roll out of all of them. But it still has it like lasts. what's that? It's been the last unicorn didn't last long because that was an intro. Like they had that in a couple other games. Oh, they they certainly lasted long enough to put out like ten supplements for this game. So there's a ton really? of material for it. Yeah, there's an Andorian book. Well, first of all, they put out three different rule books. They put out one for uh, for the original series. They put out a um, uh, one for Next Generation, which is what we're using. They put out one for DS9. I think they also have one for Voyager, but I never got into it because at the time, I was on a anti Voyager kick and like up until about say two months ago I was on an anti-Voyager kick I hated Voyager I'll talk a bit more about that a little later I don't blame it for hating Voyager it's okay hold on hold on I've done a complete 180 on it what? yeah I, I'll, I'm gonna get into it but just not yet okay okay um, hello Heimdall I love you but you're sitting on top of the recorder right now so I need, I need you to move I'm sorry <laughs> so that's why it was all muffly <laughs> Come here. Um, I'm gonna have to bow out in about 10 minutes so you guys um, okay, that's not a huge problem, I guess. Um, no, okay, you so guys can carry on without me. Yeah, we will. Uh, I gotta get ready for work tomorrow. Um, so what I was gonna say is the game's going very well. Um, so far, they're they're still on the same first mission or after two sessions. So the first session we actually did the weekend before I left for Japan, and the second yeah. session it was like I think two weeks after I came back. So it was the we're basically getting together once a month at the beginning of the month, uh, the first weekend for like a three, four hour session, get as much done as we can, and then go our separate ways. We talk a bit on on uh, Facebook in between, but mainly it's just setting up the next session. So far, they're on the same first mission. Um, it's like a almost like a shakedown cruise. They're all brand new cadets that just came out of Starfleet uh, Academy. Uh, I've, I've put them in a time frame where um, tensions have risen between the... Um, 
the Federation and the Klingons. And there's a bit of a, like a war, uh, border skirmish going on back and forth. So ships have been lost, personnel have been lost. They're accelerating people through the uh, academy programs to get them out as quickly as possible f to replace the, the losses. Uh, ships are being replaced and or uh, retrofitted, re-repaired at like a constant rate, just trying to get them, get the border safe. Yeah. Uh, and so as, as brand new recruits and as, um, or not recruits, but cadet, uh, for uh, second lieutenants. Yeah, ensigns. Yeah, ensigns actually, correct. As, as brand new ensigns. They've been assigned to a ship that is severely undermanned and is still kind of in the middle of um, their repairs. So it's not completely a, a fully repaired ship yet. And yet they received a distress, distress call. They're the closest ship that's space worthy. So of they've been. Of course, the closest <laughs> one when a distress signal yeah, happens. Yeah, of course. Always of course. So they, they, they went to this, to this, uh, this ship. They just said, fuck it. <laughs> they, they went to the ship, found it completely empty, completely dead in space. They managed to power it up a bit, get some logs off of it, found out what happened, traced it back to the planet where it happened, and right now they're kind of in the middle of what's going on in the planet. Anyway, so it's, it's going very well, and I'm really happy that I'm actually right. running a game again, even if it's Star Trek. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So because I of this, though... <laughs> Because of this... Sorry, I, I have to ask Dev, how, before Paul goes, how you did a 180 on... Okay, I'm going to tell you. So, because uh, getting ready for this Star Trek game, I started listening to a bunch of Star Trek podcasts. And the one I'm mostly, mostly listening to is called Earl Grey. It's about uh, the next generation. And it's these three guys who get together every week and pick a topic and then talk, talk about that topic for like an hour and then go their, go their separate ways. And during the talking about Star Trek, every once in a while they will uh, invite people from their sister podcast. There's one about the, um, the original series, there's one about uh, um, D Space Nine, and there's one about Voyager. So they, they bring these people on kind of as guests and, and talk about stuff, when, especially when there's crossovers. And as they were talking about these episodes from Voyager, they sounded somewhat interesting and even they were saying, listen, we didn't like it at first either, but it kind of grew on us as we started watching it. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I've never actually sat down and watched a whole series of Voyager. I've only ever seen individual episodes here and there and didn't care for it. So I said, tell you what, I'm just going gonna, gonna to get the entire series, all seven seasons. And I know. And, and while I'm doing something else, I'll have it on in the background. So I, I, will, I have two monitors set up here in, this, in the basement. I, as I'm playing a game on one, like a shooter game like Defiance, for example, I'll have the game or the show running on the second monitor. And I've actually really gotten into it. So I'm currently midway through season four. So I blasted through over the last two months the first three seasons. The first season was almost a complete write-off. People were still kind of getting used to their roles. The actors weren't quite used to who they were. Um, the dialogue was somewhat hokey. A lot of the plot lines were t stolen directly from uh, Next Generation. So, but, but if you can forgive the first season, and you have to forgive the first season for the Next Generation as well. TNG was really, really quite shitty in the first season. Getting into seasons two and three, it's actually gotten somewhat interesting. And I, I'm finding, I, I don't even hate Janeway the way I thought that I did. I think... I don't know. I, I, I never got... I tried watching it. I just couldn't get... I just... No. 
I, I know. I, I have huge problems, first of all, with a ship calling itself something other than the Enterprise. Like, the whole point about Star Trek is it's about the crew of the Enterprise. And yet, this is a wholly different ship altogether. It has a different crew. It has a different name. And every time they say, I'm Captain Janeway of the USS, I'm expecting Enterprise still, even after four seasons. I'm expecting <laughs> her to say Enterprise, but she says uh, Voyager, and it just it throws me off. So that, that, that part I find weird. But I've actually gotten to enjoy the characters that were introduced, and the actors that are playing it are doing a really, really good job bringing, um, bringing uh, humanity, I guess I want to say, to the yeah. roles that they're, that they're portraying. I, I really like it. I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm a convert. I've, I've become a fan. Okay. It'll, it'll, uh, never, it'll never be number one. I, I will still probably rate the original series as number one just because it's so cheesy and hokey and part of my childhood. Like yeah. it has nostalgic, I have nostalgic reasons for it being number one. Next Generation probably second, even though that was DS9 hokey as well. No, DS9, again, starting around season three up until the beginning of the Dominion War, I really liked DS9. I kind of yeah, hated yes. Dominion War and I really hated the whole build up to uh, like season one and two where yeah. Cisco didn't have a beard and he had hair on, or sorry, a, a goatee or a whatever. He, so he, he had, he didn't have facial hair, but he had hair in his head and he was kind yeah, of, season three, is when it really developed season three was the best, but season three Jordan, is also, sorry, O'Brien and all that sort of stuff. Right. And then yeah. I think season four is when Worf came and that again, added a whole nother layer to it. And they added Jadzia and their I whole love story. I think DS9 developed better than, Next Generation because sure, they because actually grew it developed as opposed to you know, Next Generation didn't really they never changed too much well no but Next, I mean? like, Next Generation was an episodic show it was in a time where you didn't have multiple arcs like or sorry multiple um, episode arcs you only right, had self-contained season uh, what changed that was uh, the season ender no 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 before Babylon 5 even came out Star Trek Babylon 5 came out before DS9, correct. But Babylon 5 did not come out before the end of uh, Star Trek. So it came out maybe around season 5 or 6 of Star no, Trek. Yeah, but what I was saying is DS9 changed, changed the Star Trek format because of Babylon 5. They certainly tried to do be more... Right, you know, so... so right, they, they added more arcs to it. Definitely as to combat the effects that are what the perception that... Babylon 5 was a was a show that not only was not episodic, but actually had a beginning that ran through five or six years of build-up. Mm -hmm. And so there, there's, there's stuff that pays off in season five of Babylon 5 that were started in seasons one and two. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, yes. that, that, that show was built to be a, a story told over multiple years. But what, what, what really changed television history and the whole episodic um, TV show format was actually the um, the, the two-parter uh, cliffhanger at the end of one of the seasons of Star Trek, where um, where Picard became Locutus. That was the first time they they had done a season right. a season-ending cliffhanger, and that season-ending cliffhanger is now shown in just about every show and every series on TV today. So you have to give the next generation. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I hate it like because now every show does it every single year. Yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Every every season must end in a cliffhanger now. 
Yeah. And but you're right. When when Star Trek first did it, it was impressive. But the thing is, though, the thing is, once uh, Picard got cured from the Borg thing, mm-hmm. then they actually pretty much forgot about it. You know, well, they no. Back to the episodic. That that's somewhat true until you get to the movies, where in the in the movies they actually deal with his oh, well, breakdown. But what well, I want during the during the show, right? During the TV they'll, show, Lucas, and then like everyone, like a couple of the better writers would sort of reference it here and there. But right. overall, it's pretty much like it just. It's almost like it didn't happen. Right off. Exactly. Well, it you know, it, it was happen. an episodic show, so you 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 really can't say, oh, how dare you not remember things from season to season, because it's yeah. it's technically an episodic show. And again, DS9 went away from that starting around season 3. Yeah, which I liked. I liked, that's I think why DS9 to me was better than I preferred it. Yeah, a lot of people did actually. Um, I'm, I'm kind of torn between the two. I mean, I like them both. I, I certainly have all the seasons of, of every series up until Voyager <laughs> and Voyager I now have the entire seven year run but it may have been digitally found <laughs> anyway I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the show that's what that's all I wanted to say so before Paul goes though I'll do my little quick little thing I was going to talk about okay it's just in movies you know it's like whenever like science fiction movies mm-hmm. whenever aliens are coming to like okay not Babylon 5 or not the series, not when we've reached a certain point in science fiction in, in, in our future where we deal with alien races on average. I'm talking when we're humans, where alien races are coming to invade us or alien people come here. So like first contact situations. What, why is there noise? What the heck is that? Sorry. Is that your phone? No, it was my phone. It was one of the pages started loading up commercials. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, to start, cut that out start now. Start again. So you know what? Aliens come to the planet to invade us, or, or just whatever, right? Why are they always naked? Um, ET, what, what's... signs, all that. They're, the aliens are uh, um, Independence Day. The aliens are naked. Maybe it's because they don't have clothing where they come from. Why would they not have clothing? Because when you see Star Trek, Babylon 5, all those other ones where it's in the future, the aliens are wearing clothes. Enemy Mine, all this sort of stuff. The enemies, like, Halo, all this, they're wearing clothes. Is, like, Earth, do you think Earth is a nudist colony? I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm, I'm speculating. I want to hear your opinions. Like, have you not noticed, like, E.T., um, Independence Day, Signs, all these ones where the aliens come here... Technically, Independence Day, they weren't naked. Were they wearing armor? Nope. They, they were wearing exoskeletons, remember? I, I don't. I've cut no. that movie out from my mind. Hey, it was, was the one cutting off the exoskeleton so they could get to the alien inside, remember? I don't, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that at all. I thought the alien was... They were nope. cutting up the alien to try and investigate but get into his brain. Nope. They're like, let's get this exoskeleton off of him. Okay. Well, there you go, Pat. So your entire premise, your entire premise, has been shot down. End of discussion. <laughs> okay, sorry, Paul. There, there you go. But that's that's what I was wondering. Like, why do other alien races not wear clothes? Uh, I think it's because they don't have external genitalia. The only reason we wear clothing, well, a because we, our our skin is very thin and doesn't deal well with temperature changes of the outside again, environment. Babylon Five, DS Nine, all that Star Trek. The, the aliens wear clothes. 
maybe it's because they're played by humans, whereas... Yes, all those aliens are humanoid. Whereas E.T. was a puppet. That's the difference. A puppet doesn't need clothing. I mean, if they're humanoid and they have humanoid human characteristics, then clothes are sort of a necessity. Chewbacca. Chewbacca's humanoid. Yeah, Yeah, but he has fur that covers his genitalia. You don't put clothing on a dog, do you? Well, some people do. Some people do. But, (laughs) you know... Um, um, the last Darkfighter. Predator, the, Pre- the Predator wore, ar- wore clothing and armor. And he's not humanoid that much. The last Darkfighter, they wore clothes. See, so, yeah, they're humanoid, though. Yeah, okay, okay. So you I mean, the, the, alien, the alien doesn't wear clothes from, it, from the alien movies, but that's because he's not humanoid. He's really. not humanoid at all. That's right, the Predator did wear clothes. Okay. Well, he wore armor. Yeah. No, I, I, I think there was loincloths, at least, when, even when they were out of their armor. Yeah, a loincloth. <laughs> well, like, it's covering his genitalia. Okay. Humanoid. Hello. There's clothing involved. Signs. They're humanoids. E.T.'s humanoid. Mm, E.T. was a puppet, though. E.T. wasn't played by a person. Yo- uh, Yoda was a puppet. He still wore clothes. Okay, that's a good point. Yoda did wear clothes. I think Yoda so was are we, only. What are we trying to do? Find find aliens that don't wear clothes. I don't know. Or, or are, you well, no, trying to just, are you trying to justify why they wear clothing? I'm trying to figure out why they decide for some aliens that they're not wearing clothes. Like, is this some sort of weirdness that they they decided if they're invading us that they're not wearing clothes? Maybe that makes them less human, easier for us to kill. No, I, I think I think any any alien that's depicted as not wearing clothing. They don't wear clothing because they don't need to wear clothing. It's not it's not necessary in their physiology for them to wear it. It's like Dev said, we have we have we you know we're thin skinned, we we are susceptible to temperature change and everything, therefore we have to compensate for that. And also we have like issues with body. Movies, certain types of movies show them to wear not wear clothes. Like when there are it's sort of trying to be a sci fi horror type movie they don't wear clothes. Like, when it's an invasion-type thing. But that's because that's because they, they use they use aliens for those um, that are, no, are in no way, shape, or form humanoid. You know? And also, they just don't need to wear clothing. Uh, technically, well, anything that has a head, us. arm, and legs is humanoid. Just technically. Well, but, they're, 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 there's nothing we can relate to. Correct. If they wore clothes, we'd be like, oh, they, they're sort of like us. You know what I mean? Right? If they wore yeah. clothes, they'd be, oh, they're like us because they wear clothes. Let's let's put a let's put a loincloth on the eight-armed space spider and hope for the best. No, I think it's a cultural thing. Whereas, if because of people for those sort of movies, they think if they're not wearing clothes, it's that less likely we will relate to them. Yoda was cute and cuddly, right? But he also wore clothes. signs they're supposed to be evil and you know well not evil but you know evil they're not they're here to invade us they're here to take us over so therefore we don't want people to associate in any sort of way with them so if you make them less humanoid by not wearing clothes and just have their weird 
ugly body piece. I don't see it. That's where I'm... Anyway, I need to head off so you guys can carry on. Yeah. Well, you were going to do this for about an hour and a bit, so... Yeah, I don't know. Have, have we run out of everything to talk about anyway? Um, well, we haven't even talked about news and rumors, and we haven't yeah, really yeah. had any other additional discussions, but, I mean, uh, it, we've been going yeah, on for almost an hour, guys, so... Yeah, you guys can yeah. either carry on if you choose, or... Uh, well, there's, there is movies... Pause, to... pause it for a moment, and... Uh... Yeah. Exactly. Well, good. Thanks, Paul. Take care. And we're back. Uh, Paul has said goodbye. Uh, I've reconnected okay, with Patch. And, uh, stuff yeah. Out. Yeah, we can, we can keep talking and, for a bit. Uh, uh, well, coming up is I'm looking forward to. Well, I still want to see um, oh, the new Matthew McConaughey movie. Interstellar. Hmm? Interstellar, it's Interstellar, called. Interstellar, yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It looks pretty interesting. I've heard the science is pretty good in it. Uh, I don't know. I'm still kind of so-so on actually wanting to go see it. Really? Yeah. I, there's something about it that just doesn't really draw me to it. I don't know if it's... Uh, I don't know what it is about it. I, I usually like sci-fi movies, but this almost looks less sci-fi and more... Um, I don't even know how to describe it. There's something about it that just seems off. Really? Well... well... Would you put more down, like, to contact or something like that, so it's not... Yeah, yeah, it seems like kind of, the kind of movie that it's more more like contact and less like Alien. And maybe right, I'm looking right. more towards uh, well, a movie, movie like Alien. In December is the new uh, Hunger, uh, Hunger Games movie. Yeah, I'll see it. Yeah. I mean, but of course, again, they're doing the break up of the two, like the last book break up of the two movies. I hate that. Yeah. Like, I understand there's a lot of stuff that they want to cover, fine, but yeah. really, it's just grabbing... But the thing is, like, that they did one movie per book up until now. Right. There was a lot in the other books that they, you know, overlooked. So how are they going... Like, the thing is, like, in the first two movies, they overlooked stuff from the first two books. Right. So now you're trying to get back the stuff that you ignored in the first two books by having two movies for one book? No, I, I, I don't think they're going to be reintroducing things that they skipped from the first two books. I think they're just going to be trying to stretch out the storyline of the final book as much as possible. But that's what I mean. Like, Well, the final book has stuff that had stuff from the first two books, which they overlooked in the two movies. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'll also go see it because I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. The Hobbit, I haven't seen... I didn't see the second Hobbit movie. I don't know if I'm about to see, this, see the last one either. I actually prefer the second to the first. Okay, probably. Because the first one to me just was not as bad as watching the prequels, but it was like, oh, oh man, really? Yeah, yeah there, there was a lot of it uh, of the, the first movie that could have been cut out. Just like there was parts of the second movie that could have been cut out too. But... I don't know, there's something about the whole interaction with Smog and how well they did Smog that made that movie okay. for me. It's, for me, the first one because they made the... Again, they kept the comedy factor with the dwarfs yeah, and the ridiculous... You know, no one can, no one's getting injured from falling down 500 feet or anything, so... I'll, I'll see. Um, so you know there's a new Jurassic Park movie being made, eh? Uh, I heard something about it. I I didn't really see... I, I saw the first one, didn't really care for it. Didn't see any of the uh, sequels for Wait, it. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't like the first Jurassic Park? No, didn't care for it. Really? No. What didn't do it for you? The, 
I don't know, the whole family aspect. Uh, I don't know, there's there, nothing about that movie was appealing to me. It was one of, the, one of those creature movies in a, uh, in a zoo scenario. The dinosaurs, though, man. Dinosaurs! Sure, the technology was brand new at the time, and everyone was wowed by how real they looked. I didn't care. Well, I mean, there there was a lot of issues with it because, you know, a twelve year old girl going, "Oh, it's it's Unix. I know this." Yeah. Really, really, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, but but that's that's a feature in almost every heroic book, especially a young adult book. Usually, it has a teenager um, hero as like well, either the main character or one of the main characters in an ensemble, and they are way superior to anything an actual teenager would be able to do. But that, that's, that's nothing new in movies or books. No, I know. It's, just, it's I mean, annoying, it's, but it's nothing new. Well, hey, like, uh, there's, a, there's a site, Cinema Sins. Okay. Right? Then they do everything wrong with it. Right. Because their motto is, no movies without sin. Sure. And they actually say, like, there are movies that they love, but there's still stuff that you go, you know, it, it could have been better. Right. Or this is wrong. It's like, okay, the very first Star Wars. Everyone goes awesome. One like everyone prefers Empire Strikes Back, but Star Wars, the first one, great movie, right? Oh, I recognize there's severe <laughs> flaws with that movie. Oh, there is. Like, how do they find? How do they know which droids to look for? How do who know which droids to look for? The Empire. The Empire is looking for two droids. Right, right in the desert. <laughs> in the desert. Well, how did you know where they are? Like, also, if you. If you knew droids were missing and they were on the escape pod that you didn't blow up, right? Why can't you find out where it landed? Because we have the capability nowadays to find a freaking no. They they they, they did find it, right? That right. that's also how did you know what sort of droids they were, right? Like it's like what sort? Of, how do you know these were the droids? Right. You know, uh, but I'm mean, like again, it's it's a minor thing, but it's one of those ones that yes, any movie. There's always going to be issues with the movie. Like, I, I really enjoyed the first Jurassic Park. Okay. There was problems with it, obviously. But the second one was like... <laughs> and the third one I, I saw, I didn't go see in the theaters because I just went, no, this looks really bad. Right. So now they're trying to redo... It's called Jurassic World. Okay. So they're trying to... I don't, it's not a reboot, but it's basically going back to Jurassic World park thing okay you know one of the islands again where there's you know dinosaurs and stuff it's it's one i I might go see i'm not too sure yet um i know one movie i will not go see and that's dumb and dumber 2 yep didn't see the first one have no interest in the second the first one is stupid but good overall like there there's it's it's way back in the days when jim carrey and all that he hit the right notes for stuff like that but now they, they're, like, in their 50s, almost 60s. Right. Like, uh, you're doing the same gags you did 30 years ago. Right. It's it's done. Uh, and, of course, I mean, next year's all the freaking Marvel movies. And, of course, the Batman versus Superman. Nope, that's trailers. 2016. Oh, no, sorry, not trailers, but pictures of Wonder Woman. And the costume looks really good. I'm just saying that's 2016, though, so that's two more years. Well, it's 2016 for that? Yeah, Batman it's 2016 for Batman. Nope. Oh. Just like uh, Captain America 3 is 2016. Oh, okay. Because they're coming out, they were coming out on the same day. Yeah, and then they switched it, yes. Yeah, DC blinked. 
<laughs> Do you blame them? I don't, because they would lose. I mean, I'm like, like, like we were discussing, I'm one of the biggest Superman fans, but I would definitely see Captain America 3 first. Yes. And I still haven't seen the new Superman. I've seen a lot of trailers. I've seen, you know, not trailers, but... Don't, don't bother. It's, like, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, that's... that's I've, I, I guess I'll watch some reviews where they showed a lot more stuff. I'm like, this is... Yeah. Well, it's also like... Um, I was reading some people that were saying, okay, why did they make Superman dark and gritty? Superman was never dark and gritty. Superman was always the... You know... He's like Captain America. I'm supposed to be the light, the, you know, I'm the Boy Scout. I'm stand for the good and stuff. Right. He's his the story. shining beacon of light in a world of shit. Yeah, but it's also his stories are never supposed to be dark and gritty like Batman. Batman deals with the gritty shit. Well, right? the, I, I, the reason they did it, though, from the looks of it, is because the next movie, they're building up to, to almost do a complete port over of Frank Miller's um, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. That, that's exactly what it looks like. And they're even bringing in the female Robin from Dark Knight. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. And the girl that got to play it looks is perfect for the role. Okay. All right, well, that, that might work if they... If they but yeah, it depends how faithful they are to the storyline. Like, if, if, they're, if they're doing the theme without actually following through on the, on, the, on the story and the reasoning for the story, like, if they don't do it... 30 years in the future where Batman is like this old man who's close to the end of his thing and he's like the only person holding out fighting against this incredibly oppressive regime that Superman is basically the poster child for. If they don't do it like that, it's not going to be a good movie. Well, no, exactly, because that's the whole reason about why Dark Knight stood out because Batman had retired, he gave up, and then he's like, wait, i got to come back, I need to do something again. All the other heroes... Either dead or retired, and, yeah, and Superman was the, you know, the the government strong arm guy. Right, exactly. And and since he's invulnerable, and since he's all powerful, no one could stand up to him, and therefore everyone else said, "Okay, fine, we relent. You win." Yeah. No more superheroes. No, it could be interesting. Like, uh, have you watched the um, the Justice League animation? Um, I I have some of the movies they put out for that show. But, but not the actual TV show. Have, it's actually on Netflix as well. Is um, an alternate Earth where Superman and the heroes took over the world. Okay. And so what happened was uh, Lex Luthor did a bomb or Lois Lane died, but it made it look like it was Superman's fault. Um, you know that's the entire storyline for Injustice, right? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's that's so, that's literally the Injustice storyline. So what happened was Superman lost it because he blamed himself. Yeah, and then he, he wanted to. So he he was some of the other people, the Justice League and other heroes, took over the entire world. They're right, like, we'll make sure no one happens again. Right, and it becomes a totally oppressive totalitarian regime. Exactly. Yeah. Superman starts just. Yeah, yeah, that's the Injustice storyline. You, you okay, can you can that, watch that's... you can watch all the cutscenes from the movie. Or for, sorry, yeah. from the video game in one long movie. Yeah, and but what's interesting is like so they they did a whole thing where X, uh, I guess Earth X, whatever whatever it was, and Lex Luthor from that world is a hero. Well, not a hero, but he's more heroic and right. he's trying to save the world there from that Superman and people from Earth Prime or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. are they're. they're the one where the normal Superman and Batman. Right. Batman and a few other people go into that world. And all yeah. of a sudden, like, wait, 
So it's an interesting, like, like I said, that one would be another one where they could do Batman versus Superman. But they haven't set up the worlds well enough yet with Superman because they keep rebooting him. Right. Yeah, they haven't had any and, consistency. Yeah, and like the well, the other one was like you know like yeah I know uh, the paw can the you shouldn't save people you should watch it for yourself. Yeah, Ugh, don't get me started. That's Seriously, we've talked about this on just about every episode. Let's yeah. let's not even go into so it. So I'm looking forward to it. I've seen some of the pictures of Wonder Woman and whatever with the costume, and like I don't mind it because you know like it would be nice to see if they can actually get more than just Batman and Superman done for DC. Right. And it sounds it sounds like they're going to introduce other Justice League members as well. Mm-hmm. The, the, they they probably won't play prominent roles. They'll just be like maybe cameos or bit parts. But it looks like, like Aquaman. Uh, I I don't know if Aquaman's making uh, an entrance. I think well from rumors he might be. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I mean he was always like kind of like the most useless to me of the fan, yeah. um, Fantastic Four. I was going to call him of the Justice League. I mean. Yes. Yeah. He talks with the fishies, and that's really about yeah. it. Yeah. Namor is far more cool. They've changed him where he's actually stronger and faster and stuff like yeah, that. Apparently he can real... fly now. Like, I don't know what's going on. Well, they had to because they're like, oh. Yeah, like, how do, how do I keep he up? Like of the, you know, he was like Ant-Man of the Avengers. Like, oh, yay, Ant-Man's here. Hey, Ant-Man is super smart. And not only is he capable of shrinking down to the size of an ant, but he can also grow to the size of a giant. He's actually quite quite useful in combat. Except that in the comics, he never was as useful as he should have been. Well, that's because they didn't do things like, I'm going to turn into the size of an ant, and then I'm going to enter in through your ear, and I'm going to you know, crawl my way or bite my way through your body to your heart and then kill you. Because they don't kill people. Not a good thing to do for <laughs> But Ant-Man's getting his own movie too, right? Yeah, Ant-Man's getting his own movie, I believe, in 2016 as well. Oh, maybe, maybe it's next year. It might be next year, actually. Whenever Avengers 2 is coming out, it's the same year as Ant-Man. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I think that's next year. Probably I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, 2015, yeah. And, of course, then... Oh, did you see the uh, link I put on Guardians of the Galaxy on the out of... Our... our uh, out of the basement podcast Facebook thing. I did. It was interesting because I didn't realize they actually found a working Sony Walkman. Right. That's impressive. Instead of actually having the prop department just build one, they actually went out and found. Well, (laughs) for what they said, they bought a, uh, they bought like nine or or 16 off of eBay. 16 and three work. Yeah. Three of them were working. (laughs) I mean, I think even I have one kicking around somewhere in a, uh, in a cardboard box. From one of the moves. Okay. But it just shows you that, I mean, like I said, instead of getting the prop department to build one, right. they actually went out and found one that was working. Right. So it's it's authentic. Yes. Um, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff they were talking about, though, is stuff I already knew. Like, yes. the fact that his ship was named the Milano after uh, Alyssa Milano, I, I knew that. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that wasn't really new, but I, I can understand that how for people who haven't been, you know, following this movie since it was kind of conceived they might be yeah. uh, they might be easter eggs for them yeah alright um, that's it for the new movies that I'm, I'm looking forward to I mean there's yeah I'm trying to know. think of what else is coming out and there's nothing that I'm really looking forward to over the entire like Christmas holiday season no like I said like just I said the Hunger Games is pretty much it for me and that's yeah 
I mean, there's, there's a couple of indie movies that I, I'm kind of looking oh, wait, at. Oh, Tusk. Didn't Tusk come out? Tusk came out uh, October, I believe, like early October. It, it, was, it was only playing in Montreal and Toronto in Canada. It's the only oh, two places okay. where they had theatrical reviews or, or releases. Yeah. So you have to find it online. Uh, I still haven't seen it yet. I desperately want to. Just know, though, like, this is not a mainstream movie. It was never designed to be a mainstream movie. It's a dopey idea that he had on a podcast, and it caught his fancy, and then he put it out into the what? world. Yeah, yeah, he said to the audience, if you want this movie, I will make it. And yeah. the audience, like 100%, and, like, everyone who responded to his thing, bar one guy, said, yes, we want to see this movie. So he made it. And then when, as he was making it, he rediscovered his love of movies. And so now it's turned from one movie into a trilogy. And he's calling it his Great White North trilogy. Because it's all based on Canada. It's, it's his, he has this love affair with Canada. Because he loves hockey. And he loves Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers. Yes. Uh, that's why every jersey that he wears has the Edmonton Oilers colors. Because of Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. The guy loves Canada. So he he's basing his entire trilogy in Canada. The second movie is called Yoga Hosers. <laughs> it stars his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, and Johnny Depp's in both that movie and Tusk as well. So, yeah, so Johnny he, Depp Tusk. Yeah, Johnny Depp plays the uh, the French Canadian lawman. <laughs> <laughs> This movie is going to be so good. I'm so looking forward to seeing it. In fact, I think I'm just going to find it online tonight. And I'm just going to watch it. I'm, I'm like I've been looking forward to this movie since he started talking about it. And I think it's really cool that we actually got to hear about the whole process of like writing the script for it and then putting together the production for it and then actually going and filming it. So we talked about all of that on the podcast as well. So anyway, the second movie called Yoga Hosers. The third movie is called Moose Jaws and takes place in Moose Jaw and is literally the movie Jaws, which is his favorite movie, but done with a moose. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to all three of these movies coming out over the next couple of years. And anyway, because, because he had Tusk made and he did it himself, um, that has directly led to Clerks 3 being greenlit. So right now he's working on Clerks oh, 3. Good. Yeah, good. I know. I'm so happy about this because for a while, as soon as he did Clerks 2, he's like, I am done with movies. Oh, I'm yeah. out of, no, sorry. After he did Red State, he said, I'm done with movies. Yes. This is no longer interesting to me. I'd rather just, just keep doing the 12 or so different podcasts that I do every week. I'd much rather be doing that. I find that more interesting. I find that more rewarding. I find it more challenging. I'm done with movies. And then all this whole just has just totally rekindled his love of making movies. And I'm really happy because I love Kevin Smith movies. Yes. Oh, they're yeah, they're, because they're they're like they're like they're like Tarantino ones. They're yeah. Like a special type of. Oh yeah, they're know. they're very niche movies. They're not for everybody. No. And no. so people were those saying, like, oh. Realize... Go ahead. Hmm? I was gonna say those who go into them, like this way we want to watch them. It's, it's the dialogue. It's a whole bunch of stuff. It's right. Not just yeah, you're you're not going for action. You're not going for explosions. So the general mm -hmm. populace won't understand the movie and won't be into it, and which is why they're like all these mainstream critics are going, oh, Kevin Smith has failed once again. He's like, I didn't fail. Um, uh, I made the money that I put yeah. into this movie, made it back before the first screening. So already we had, we, any money that was invested into the movie had already been recouped before it went into theaters. So every penny that's made is now pure profit. 
and only that he made the movie he wanted to. Right, and it's and it, to him it's not really about profit anyway. It's it's oh. about making the movie he wants to make. Um, did you hear about Birdman? Uh, I I heard about it. I, it doesn't sound interesting to me. I'm willing to take a look at it, but again, when it not at theaters. Yeah. But I'll I'll probably watch it when it comes out. On DVD or whatever. Yeah. Oh, speaking of DVD, I do want to get this in December 9th, I think, or whatever, is when the Guardians of the Galaxy DVD Blu-ray comes out. Okay. It's going to have all, all sorts of special features. features. Yeah. yeah. Love those. So, I'm just letting people know, so... This podcast might be up by then. <laughs> oh, December 9th? Guaranteed it'll be up by then. It'll yeah. probably be up by Wednesday or Thursday. Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out, so I'll make sure you guys go and uh, pick that up. Um... I think I'm pretty much done for, yeah. I don't see the Penguins of Madagascar. Eh. No interest? You know, I'm just looking at, oh, uh, Gotham. I'm interested in getting Gotham as a, when it comes out on DVDs, but the TV show? watch it. Yeah, I don't watch anything that's on TV as it's still in its current season. Actually, yeah, I'm just looking at the, what's coming up. I'm not really interested in all the, any movies at all, really. Yeah. It's a sad, sad state. But, yeah. yeah. So I think that's pretty much it for me for the new things and stuff like that. Do you have anything to add there, Dad? I, I really don't. And, you know, I'm okay with ending the podcast now if you want. Okay. We put another half hour yeah, almost. Again, um, I haven't had a chance to do too many movies and stuff because of school and that, but uh, I'm hoping to start watching some more during the, the Christmas break and that. Sure. You have, what, one week or two? Uh, three weeks. Almost. Three weeks. Wow, how decadent! Are you going to be yeah, working? I'm going to working full time. For all I'm three working. weeks. Yep. Even during the Christmas shutdown. Well, that's the 25th or 26th. Right, but what about the next four days when Bruce is in town? I'll be working all that. So you're not going to be around for Bruce's stuff. I'll be around for some of it, but I, I, I don't know what I was going to be working yet either. Don't you have to be... Well, okay, none of this should be included in the podcast, so I'll cut it all out. No, but don't you have to be there to run Pendragon for us? Well, I'm there for, the, I'm there for that, but that, that's going to be a weekend thing. Oh, I see. Uh, is yeah. he here over a weekend? Are you sure? I hope so. Well, I'll figure something out. Okay. It's just, but I need, to, I need to be able to work as much as I can for right. the cash. Right, fair enough. Um, and then, oh! Yeah, X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. Alright, so uh, yeah, let's end it here then, okay. if you don't mind. No, that's fine. You, you can do the goodbye there, Dev, because you always do. Okay, uh, thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hopefully we'll record a, another podcast before Christmas. Although, or at least before the new year. Yeah, yeah, hopefully before Christmas. But yeah, we'll see what we can do, and then uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Good.